Welcome to How to Build a Village. I'm Jill Martin Wren. I really enjoy attending London Tech Week, and this year I was especially excited to go because it's the 10th anniversary. It's also apparently the biggest yet, and you will hear in my conversation with Russ Glass, the CEO of Headspace, a fair amount of background noise. I hope you enjoy my conversation with him as much as I did, even so. Well, I am so excited to have Russ Glass, CEO of Headspace, on How to Build a Village. We are here at London Tech Week, and I would love to ask you, Russ, what is it that is so important to you about mental health? Well, I mean, so I think it's one of society's most pressing problems. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I was fortunate enough to have some success. And, and so now it's really, um, what can I be doing that adds value to the world? Right? And, and when you look at the problems the world faces, mental health is a huge one. Our you know, World Health Organization estimates there are a billion people so, you know, 15% of the population or so have a mental health condition and 60% of them are not getting care. And so, the, the, the downstream effect of that, the, the health conditions, the cost to society, the individual costs, it's just massive. And, and it's something that I'm excited to be, you know, helping to support. And you've talked a lot about the, the stigma that in the past has been attached to mental health problems. And look, that's changing a lot. Headspace is doing a lot to help change that. How have you tried, how have you helped to change the narrative, change that stigma around mental health concerns? Well, to your point, one of the big problems that we see in mental health is that you have all these people that have a need and diagnosis, but then there are people who just never raise their hands because of stigma. And to your point, it's changing, particularly in the younger populations. It's not monolithic. I mean, the sort of millennials and older still have quite a bit of stigma. Certain populations, like um, Latin populations, like black populations, have more stigma than others. But we're seeing that change. What, what we've recognized from the start is you have to meet people where they are. You, you have to reduce the friction, you have to reduce the stigma. And, and so Headspace, because of the brand, because it's something that people know and uh, love, it enables us to do partnerships with uh, brands that meet people where they are. So think our Netflix partnership, where more than 20 million people learned how to meditate for the first time through our partnership with Netflix. Think our Starbucks partnership. Uh, think our Sesame Street or, or, or other other brands that people love, they know, and it allows them to start their mental health journey in a very low friction way. And and from there, they can get more, su- more support if they need it. They can get, you know, on their mental health journey. And how are you able to strike those partnerships? Did they... Were they willing from the get-go, or did you have to convince them it was the tool that their employees needed, but they didn't know they needed? It's a, it's a great question. I mean, really, at this point, a lot of these partnerships come to us because they want to associate their brand with mental health, which, again, shows you the power of the Headspace brand and, and the, the change we've created in the world. Sometimes... It'll be us going out and, and for instance, with 
National Park Foundation, in, in, which is all of the national parks in the U.S., places like Zion and, and places like uh, Yellowstone. Those kinds of places we want to associate, you know, healing with. We want to associate mental health with. Those are those are nature is an incredible, incredibly important part of improving mental health. And so we went out and decided to strike a partnership there. In other cases, they're coming to us and saying, hey, we want to associate our brand, we want to help our customers with their mental health, and that's how the partnership is going. Right. And in terms of your plans going forward, what sort of growth or what sort of growth are you expecting going forward for Headspace? Well, you know, if, if you look at the size and scale of the need, you know, these 600 million people I talked about that still aren't getting support, we, we see tremendous growth in the future. And, 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 you know, our goal is to help reinvent, help transform how mental health is delivered and accessed and democratized. And, and so we expect that you know, we'll grow to solve the need. And you, of course, are a serial entrepreneur. How do you come up with the ideas for companies you started? I think, in my experience, it comes from problem that you face or you see other people face, right? It usually starts with a problem. Then it, you know, is, well, how big is the problem, right? Is, is this something that a lot of people face? And is it something that you can really scale a, a company to help support? Uh, for me, it has to be something I'm passionate about. You know, mental health. My mom was a child psychologist. My father-in-law is a child psychiatrist. Uh, I've had some mental health um, throughout my entrepreneurial journey from sleep, lack of sleep in the early days of, of founding one of my first companies to actually facing some anxiety. And um, when I sold my last company to LinkedIn and, and having to overcome that um, was something that Headspace actually helped me quite a bit. And so, you know, for my advice to entrepreneurs is find something you're passionate about and, and uh, find a problem that's big enough to build a company to go solve it. So you mentioned your passions. Also, you do a lot of work in promoting democracy and voting. I really enjoyed reading um, Vote with a Corpus, making voting accessible to kids and Sea Life fans. Could you talk a bit about what it is that makes you passionate about spreading the word about voting? Well, Voting with a Corpus was one of uh, a number of projects that I did. I took some time off after I, I mentioned I sold my last company to LinkedIn. I ran the marketing solutions business there for about three years or so, and then took a year and a half off just to be dad. I had three daughters, and I just wanted to spend more time with them. During that period, there were some pretty important elections in the United States. This was the sort of, you know, um, left in 2017, so 2017, 2018 period. So. You know, we faced some challenges to our democracy, and um, I felt like I had something to give. And so I joined the board of Rock the Vote, uh, which I, I still sit on the board of. Uh, I developed an app called Says We to help people vote, and I wrote the, the book, Voting with Corpus. And, and, and the goal of these projects was to, um, first of all, 
start with, with the book, help our younger populations understand the importance and power of voting. One of the big problems we face, and you see it in Western democracies around the world, but younger people aren't voting. And they're really ceding decisions and control to the older populations, which is just a huge mistake. Right? Young people have to decide how they want their country to operate. And so my thesis was that democracy is, is uh, strengthened if you get the young people to vote. That starts with teaching young kids why voting is important, why do we have elections. And, and so that voting with a porpoise um, was the reason I wrote that and, and have been working on all these different areas to really close the youth voting gap. I love how you wrote in the book that democracy doesn't work if we don't all play a part. It's just not, and then what's, as you say, democracy under attack, you, you can't have people not voting. Now, do you take your kids with you to vote when there's an election? There's a great picture of us all going to uh, drop our ballots off. In California now, we have mail-in ballots, so it's not quite as much fun as it used to be, where you like, pull all the levers in the booth. Uh, but we, we bring them with us to drop the ballots in the mailbox, and that becomes kind of how we put our stickers on, that's how we get them involved. But yes, I, and, and I think all parents should talk to their kids about you know, the choices, why, uh, choosing one candidate over another, you know, how they would go about making their own decisions when they're old enough to vote, and then, and then yeah, bring them with you. Make it, make it a celebration. That's great. Well, that's great advice. Well, thank you for the work you do on that front. And last question, what will you do while you're in London besides attend London Tech Week? Well, we have an office over in the Holborn area, and I usually stay over there. So I've gotten to know that area quite well. This time, because Tech Week is here in Westminster, I'm staying near Westminster. So I'm, I'm going to enjoy, every time I come to London, I enjoy walking. I probably, you know, walk five, six miles a day. So I'm going to do my walking around here, which I'm very excited about. Well, thanks for taking the time to stop by and enjoy your visit to London. Thank you so much.